Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Clark Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowan, so I'm your host today, joined by Ashley Priest. Ashley just got back from Bodymore. It's a chilly day today. How are you? Everything okay? All good, All good mate. Yeah, got back from Bodymore. Just sat down and, and bearing in mind, I've been at Bodymore if this morning, well, just now. Douglas Reese signs a new contract. So, yeah, but it would have been nice for a tip off and, and for the club to work me on that one and get some questions to Gerard about Douglas and stuff like that. But, but no, as per, it's all a big secret. And, and yeah. Very good, very good. That's, that's how Villa operate these days, isn't it? We keep things under their you know, cards close to their chest, and then they go bang, Danny Ings, bang. Stories have a new contract. I mean, it's good news, isn't it? We'll we'll start with that first of all. We do these little segments for each one away from match day, where we'll talk about something that isn't um, Chelsea related. We'll we'll start with that rather than end with it. Double stories, obviously, signing his new contract is is good news for change and something that's put a smile on our face. And again, feels a little bit like. Oh, it's not going great at the moment here. Have some good news before we have a, a difficult game on Sunday. That's how I see it. The pessimist negative side of me goes, oh, we need a bit of a boost. So yeah, have, have a player out of contract, get in a contract. But it is good news. And we've said multiple times for what feels like, is it, I mean, is it even years at this point when we talked about Doug Suiza's contract ending next summer or whatever, or the summer after. And we've been, it feels like we've been talking about it a long, long time. Yeah, And we, we've said, I think you and me have agreed that keeping him even if it's not a football decision it's a business aspect that you don't want to lose a player that has value it's a good thing to get him tied down and with Arsenal coming in somewhere with 20-25 million to get Douglas Lewis tied down is good news it is good news and very timely like you say Dan um, I've just texted my fellow colleagues in, in, the, in the journal chat and said the one week we don't ask a question on Douglas's contract <laughs> this comes out very typical but yeah good news I believe it's a four year contract until 2026 Mm-hmm. And twenty two, twenty six, and and yeah, so long term deal, and it just yeah, really positive news, and just puts that question, that transfer question, that pop up in January away for a few years now. So yeah, very good news to tie him down. Then he's twenty four, Dan still bags of Premier League experience now, mm-hmm. and you're hoping he can he can kick on and show some form um, for Villa because they desperately need it, don't they? And and yeah, so yeah, back from the presser itself, and but yeah, good news on Dougie. We can we can bury that little segment now and, and, and contract and and, and Villa moving forwards. Hmm. I, I would like to have seen Douglas Lewis play as a number eight for the whole of this season. Yeah, much better there. Obviously, the Kamara injury has shuffled things a little bit. The Camber not being picked for whatever reason, Santa not being picked for whatever reason. It were booing him out on loan in the Championship. So Douglas Lewis, if he plays, when he plays, is going to play as that that number six role for now. Um, which I mean, yeah. It is what it is, isn't it? He's, he's okay. Yeah. He's okay in that position, but I would like to have seen him play 30 odd games a little bit further forward. Um, but yeah, like I said, good news. And uh, kind of as it stands, it ties down our goal threat from corners and set pieces for, for the time being, doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> oh, God. Um, let's talk about the press conference then. Like you just said, you've been there um, this afternoon. I think it was one o'clock start that the press are quarter past one. Um, I'll talk about some of the comments in a sec. What was the kind of general mood there this afternoon? 
he's desperate to get it right. Desperate, Dan. He really is. Um, he's, he said he's just falling on moments at the moment. He said about Coutinho's effort in the post. If that sneaks in, if McGinn went with a volley against Forrest, if that, that, that goes in, they're in the top half of the table. And he's reading his quotes now. All he's not wrong in my eyes. He said, and he's, he's desperate to turn things around. He's aware of the noise. I think he's aware of the social media backlash he's been getting. He's fully aware of that. He's not going to uh, shy away. But yeah, he just needs to sharpen up in the final third and, and take the moments when, when they're going. But time's running out, as we know. We want to see this progression. But Gerard, the vibe I got from him, looking him in the eye, he's just so desperate to turn this around. So desperate. And he's just not falling from at the moment. And, and yeah, his message to the fans was, we're working so hard to to get that big result that can change, change the fortunes of the season. Um, but yourself, Dan, who go down every week, they're not seeing it on the pitch. We've seen it, I watched it on the telly on Monday. I'm not seeing, Villa could still be playing now. I didn't fancy him scoring, yeah, unless it's from, from a young young screamer. So, um, all's not well in that final third and players are playing within the shells a little bit more. So, so yeah, and even said, um, he, he said there, we know the last bit, the execution part will come. He's, he's calling on his big players to step forward. So, will we see that? Chelsea dominate on Sunday, I suspect. And it all depends how Villa, will Villa go down fighting, whether they give fans something to, to cheer about in the similar vein they did against Man City. Mm. But his body's on the line and, and the crowd got right behind him that night. So, they're going to need that again. And if they get a chance, they need to take it. So, yeah, defeat would be bad on Sunday, um, given the run of form. I know it's four and beat but when he took take him, take him, um, Six points. Six points, yeah, from that time. So, yeah, big, big, big result needed on Sunday for me. But Gerard's fully focused and, like you say, I've got, the, got that desperate need for me to turn things around there. Christian mm-hmm. Perslow at the training ground today as well. I've seen him. He's not usually at the training ground, so Perslow was there today um, checking up on matters. So that was pretty interesting. But, yeah, Gerard desperate to turn things around. Mm. There's, a, there's a few things with the comments that, that we'll talk about. I've kind of got some things that I like, some things that I don't quite like. So we'll try and go through both of those sides, in my opinion. I'll go to the things that I like first. There's the, the lines from, on the Villa website that is talking in the broadcast section. He said, when you say four games unbeaten, it sounds better than it is because we know the last two should have been six points from six and would have been talking about the best players Villa have been in since I've been in the door. Now, I like mm. that because I'm a bit bored of the unbeaten narrative because we just said it's six points. You could have lost two and won two and been on the same amount of points. So that's kind yeah. of irrelevant for me to a certain extent. The other comments about being, you know, turned to corner and defensively, yeah, conceding, what is it, three goals in four games? One against yeah, Man City. Better, better structure at the back, isn't there? One against Man City, one against Forest, and yeah, two clean sheets leading Southampton. There's only two yeah. goals conceded in four games. So defensively, yes, Concer playing much better. Timing's playing very well. Ashton coming in to deputato Dean, then Augustinson, Cash on the one side. <laughs> Done a very good job when he, when he's coming as well. So defensively, a couple of clean sheets and they are, I get it, I agree. We look better there. But that's come at a massive sacrifice going forward. We either don't create enough or the things we do create aren't being put away by poor decision-making. Said after the Forest game or the Leeds game, Jack Ramsey shot at one stage when he uh, past it, sorry, when he should have shot. And John McGinn diving header from two yards off the ground again to put your foot through it, you put it into the roof of the net. So decision-making and, and poor finishing is probably costing us a little bit at the moment. So I like those comments that he understands that it isn't good enough because it, it isn't. It, there's no way Gerard can, can, can sugarcoat it to a fan base that are scrutinising everything at the moment. So I, I do like that. Um, what are your thoughts just on, on that side? At first of all, the, the kind of unbeaten narrative. Is that important to you or would you have rather just had... 
defeat, win, win, defeat. No, he's, yeah, he's important. He's important. He shows you, shows you resilience. Um, you're keeping clean sheets. They're not good sides, though. No, they're not good sides. You should <laughs> be going there and beating them and, and looking to score goals when Villa didn't really look at Lane of foes, really, in reality. So there are poor results in that sense, but it shows you've got a bit about you going away from home and keeping and, and not getting beat because you mm. can easily roll over. Villa could have easily rolled over. Forest, um, because their tails are up, and Young came to the rescue there. Um, but yeah, um, we've got to start showing it now. This, we've got three games in a week, Dan, which is very, very a lot of games there in the space of seven days, and we've got to start seeing it. You know, the fans are growing tired of it all, and and the excuses, and not falling for us in the, in the right areas, and magic moments, and, and this, that, and the other. So it's got to fall into place at some stage. And Gerard's hoping that. The, the, the pull up another, another rabbit out of the hat like they did against Man City but this time going one better and trying to beat Chelsea on Sunday so tough task but yeah Gerard said saying the right things there he's not happy with, with the last two two, two games but um, got to start got to start showing it now proofs in the pudding isn't it? Mm. I'll come back to the comments from Gerard that I, that I don't like in a sec but let's get injuries out of the way first of all because again a bit of an update on, on a few players that are, that are still missing or, or on their way back do you want to just run through the players that Gerald would have talked about this morning as well. Yeah, Leon Bailey's back. He did a partial training session yesterday, full training session today. So Leon Bailey back in the squad on Sunday. That's confirmed. Matty Cash picked up an, an issue after Forrest, um, but he's okay. He trained today. He'll be fine to start, I suspect, on Sunday. So Matty Cash is fine. Cameron Archie's got an ongo- ongoing groin issue, which Gerald says Phil might have to fix that at a later date, which points at surgery perhaps for, for Cameron Archer. Possibly in that six-week break when the World Cup's on for Archer, so he's, he's carrying a bit of a knock at the moment. But he's okay to to play and come into game. So Cameron Archer will be available on Sunday. Should Villa need him? Um, yeah, the two left backs, Luca Dean and Ludwig Augustinsson. End of the month job for them pair. So Newcastle maybe at St James's on October 29. We could see them return. Um, so that's pretty good news on 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 those and. Like you say, the other two, or the other three, Jed Steer, I forgot about him, uh, Bubakar Kamara, and Diego Carlos, a long term injury. So, but yeah, we've, we've heard from Perzo this week from the, the fans' consultation group, and a bit, a bit of team news came out from that. We're hoping Kamara's fit and available after the World Cup, so boxing day for him against Liverpool. And a bit of a bit of a good news, perhaps Diego Carlos could be back as soon as January, given his rehab's going quite well. So, we'll see with them pair, but it's really good, yeah. Um, yeah, but they're, 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 them, them two are both long-term still. I saw some quotes from, I don't know if it was Leon Bailey himself or, or his agent saying that we've not seen the best of him yet. I was thinking, yeah, good. <laughs> if we'd seen the best of Leon Bailey at this point, I'd be hugely disappointed. I've only seen yeah, him two good things. We've heard um, that before. He said that a few times. Yeah. Oh, yeah We're still, still waiting, aren't we? It might not have been a new quote, to be honest. It might have been a rehash. He's a new quote, yeah. Um, but we do need to see more. And it's not just a, it's not just Leon Bailey's issue. It's Philip Coutinho's issue. It's Ollie Watkins' issue. It's John McGinn's issue. It's more, aren't we? Yeah. We just need more. We need to see more. And, and however that comes, whatever it takes, we've talked about it before, whether it is a, a change of manager or change of system or change of personnel, not scoring against Leeds and only scoring one goal against Forest, which is a... Go quite as far as say a wonder goal from Ashley, a wonder strike from Ashley Young, but you know, it was a good finish from outside the area. Just come from, come from nothing. That, you know that's not not acceptable, is it? I want to see more. I want to go to Forest and score four or five goals. Yeah, let's just score four against them. 
and Leicester are, are down there with us as well. So, yeah, I don't want to go too much on the Forest games specifically, but the last few games in particular have been boring to watch and the end product hasn't been there. And is Chelsea going to be the game that, that changes? The realist in me says probably not, but I do quite, I do actually think the Chelsea game might suit us more like yes. the Man City game that we will be kind of backs to the wall. I mean, it won't be pretty, won't be good to watch, but the onus is on Chelsea to come as the bigger side in quotation marks or the well, yeah, the better, the better side. They'll dominate possession if we can play on the counter stack with a bit of pace. Maybe we can nick something there. I, I don't know. Do you believe that we can do anything on Sunday? Well, the last two home games have passed the test, haven't they? Man City passed, yeah, surprised us all with that that, that performance. Mm. Okay, it was only a point. Could have been all three. And the Southampton game, with however you want to look at that. They passed the test. They got the three points that they desperately needed. Okay, it was ugly, but they passed that test. One nil win, clean mm. sheet, back to winning ways there. So we had the two games that followed in in Leeds and, and Forest. They were also rubbish, boring games, but we didn't. Yeah, win. They didn't yeah pass exactly. The test. So I would have taken both those games being boring as well. If that was nine points from nine. Yeah, hundred percent. So another test comes Sunday, and yeah, there have been decent value in the last two home games. They got results there, but. Yeah, tough one on Sunday, mate. Hmm. Chelsea football four on the spin. Yeah, well, that's got to win at some point, though, hasn't it? There you go. <laughs> go Let's have some positives. Um, we'll do a predicted eleven and stuff in a sec. We're just talking then about kind of playing on the counter attack, and that may be suiting us to an extent. But I still have those concerns that we might have two real, real nice counter attacks, and Ollie Watkins won't finish it, or Bailey will will not finish it. And I think you know we've seen many times that they'll need three, four, five decent chances to score a goal. When you're playing in a game where you're on the counter sack and you might only get a couple of chances all game, you need Ollie Watkins or whoever's up front to really kind of kick into gear, don't you? You do, yeah. I mean, our top goal scorer this season, they're all joined 10-1, aren't they? Yeah, um, in bad. the Premier League. So, but you know, you know what a goal can do, Dan? For confidence, it's everything. So, once once they get one, if Watkins finishes well and, you know... Strikers tend to score in burst, don't they? So we're hoping that happens. It's got to happen at some stage. And they've got to take the chances. Otherwise, the manager's struggling and they're not going where they want to go to. So they've got to take the chances, end off. Mm. There's a few people in the comments actually talking about Douglas Lewis and he signed a new contract, like informing us of it because we've not talked about it. We spoke about it at the very start of the show. So you'd have to rewind if you want some thoughts on Douglas Lewis. But good news is that the, the general consensus from us too. Yeah. Um, let's go for a predicted 11 then I, I haven't done a graphic for it but I mean it feels like the side probably picks itself at the moment because there aren't a great deal of options do you just want to run through your start 11 for us for Sunday I'm just wondering if he might throw a card ball in there and, and go with a, a back three but I doubt it so I think the back five picks itself doesn't it Martinez Cash Kansa Mings and Ashley Young midfield given I've just spoken to Gerard about he's been praising McGinn uh, today Gerard his he's out of possession work's been exceptional. He says so. He's a player he clearly trusts. And McGinn starts again. I think Douglas starts again off the back of his new deal. Will we see a change? Maybe maybe Jacob pushed up a bit more. Then then Dunker to come in. Maybe I, I was quite yeah. pleased with then Dunker from 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 my, my um from the settee on Monday. I think he, he come on did well. I've seen his stats afterwards. He completed all twenty of his passes. I think the Dunker did all right when he came on on Monday. Will we see a start from him? Very physical player. Could be suited in there. Maybe that pushes Jacob Ramsey up to a new position, maybe out on the left or something like that, something different to, mm. to run at the back four. And we need more runners, don't we? I mean, Carrigan made some great points on 
Mm, and Monday, yeah. your Coutinho's, your Brendis, the five side players that they don't want to run at, run, at, run at people and and take a chance and get into the into the box. They're pretty players, the one-two players, and the pitch is big, isn't it? You need to run and you need to run hard and you need to be positive and direct. So maybe there could, could be some change on the flanks. Could Bailey come back into that? We'll mm. see. But um, so yeah, probably, maybe uh, McGinn, Douglas Louise and Dendonka, Ramsey. Uh, Bailey and are off for Watkins or something, or maybe maybe we'll go with the two Watkins and Ings. Or I'm not sure really. How do you see the the, the attacking system going? I don't know because none of them are that good. <laughs> it's, the, <laughs> it's the brutal reality of it. Um, Rich Jones missing for Chelsea is a big blow for them. It's a big blow for England as well, by the way. If he if he misses the World Cup, um, possibly Alfredo Quetta coming over at right back for him potentially. You take Coutinho out with her, wouldn't you? I think Coutinho comes out. Take out, but I'll be looking at that battle of whoever is playing up against Aspilicueta and going, "There's a that's an avenue for Villa to, to hopefully try and exploit." Rich James missing it is a big blow for them to so try and make the most of that. But I feel like you could put any of those attacking five or six players in there, and if they don't finish the chances, it's kind of irrelevant who it is because, mm. like you said earlier, top goal scorers are all on one. So take your pick, put them in a put them in a hat and pick any of them. It could, you know what I mean? It's, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what difference it makes at this stage. Is my is my my loose point? I liked Ramsey playing off that left side role. In, uh, did he play that against Man City and then was that it? Yeah, he played yeah. the game after it as well. Um, he looked up there, didn't he? A bit higher up. Can, mm, he asked questions, didn't he? Very direct with his running powers yeah. into the box. Suits him. So, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if we saw that again with uh, Louise, Dendonka, McGinn as a trio, Ramsey further forward. Um, whether Dendonka's fit enough to start games yet, I'm not sure because we've not seen him do it at the moment, but you'd like to think yeah. he would be at this stage of the season. Personally, if it was me, I'd be do- doing something totally different. I would drop McGinn entirely because I don't think he's been good enough this season. But like you just said, Joe, I spoke well over him. He's the captain, so it's not going to happen. I'd be amazed if McGinn didn't, didn't start the game on Sunday. Yeah, but I same. wouldn't. Um, three at the back's interesting. Gerald spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? About that they've kind of trained it because it's an option that you should have in your arsenal if you if you have any more injuries. Basically, if we can have yeah. a couple of injuries, you you could you could totally switch it up. Chambers, Consumings as a three, Cash Young as as wing backs, and Donka Louise as a two. Watkins, Brendia, and Bailey as a three. Really, really defensive and compact. Long balls over the top to Bailey and, and Brendia and Watkins, possibly. But I'll be again. I'll be amazed if we suddenly change the three at the back. Yes, yeah, mid-season it would be a bolt out of the blue, be bizarre. Um, so yeah, I don't know. People in the comments help me out because I feel like you could chuck any of those five or six attacking players, and then I don't know if we'll see anything different. Um, yes, yes, promise changes. That's, that's probably, probably, probably the start. I mean, what who? Who can they be though? How many changes East changes? So if Jim plays and Louise plays and the back five stays the same or Watkins plays, who, Not too who many, else changes? Yeah. But Bailey maybe comes back in and, and, and Ramsey put possibly further forward and Dendonk in the middle, maybe is the only changes. Yeah. Um but is that going to be enough to suddenly go, Oh yeah, we look a totally different side? I'm not I'm not convinced at this point. He's been, uh, he's beat beating Graham Potter two out of two, hasn't he? Nice little stat. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, drawers, but... I put it on Facebook this morning and people are going well that won't be uh, that won't be 100% <laughs> win ratio on come Sunday um, Grand Potter doesn't have a great record against Villa as a whole no. interestingly I think it's something like without a win in seven games or something against yeah. Aston Villa side mm. um, he was the Swansea manager in Dean Smith's first game which Villa won he was the Brighton manager in, in Gerrard's first game which we won 
Obviously, Gerald beat him twice last season, but he's got a much better side with Chelsea <laughs> than, he, than he did with Brighton. So, yeah, I don't know whether that 100% record will stand come Sunday afternoon. Hopefully it does, though, because that's a, that'll be a great, great thing for Aston Villa. Yeah. Um, Bailey at left wing back, a silly suggestion, says Scott. Yes, probably is a silly suggestion, but again, at this point, I'm just thinking we'll maybe just change something totally different. Mm. Potter played Sterling at left wing back the other week, didn't he, as well? Mm. They'll play through so, at the back, won't they? Or, yeah. Or if James is unavailable, maybe not. Probably will, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, predictions. Let's go for score predictions. And I've just said, I don't know whether I believe that Gerald will still have a 100% win record against Graham Potter come Sunday afternoon. So you can probably guess what my score prediction will go, will be. Um, do you want a little bit of a recap on the on the little mini league table before we go into it? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm not sure I'm doing. So, I think Pat's winning, if my calculations are correct. So it's between you, me and Pat, because Pat's jumped in for a couple of previews. I've got his down as well. I've got yeah. it down as Pat being on six points, me on five and you on five. Um, only you and I, only you and Pat have got correct bang on score lines. You've done that, I think. Uh, Pat's done that twice this season. That's the only nice. the only way his points have come. Um, I've not done it once. I've got the correct result five times, so I'll take that. I think that's pretty decent. I can at least get the result right. Yeah. Um, last game, we all predicted Villa to win in various guises again against Forest. Obviously, it was a one-all draw. Yeah. Leeds, you got us down to draw, and we did. Me and Pat both said we'd win, so that that put you level up with me. <clears throat> and then Southampton, we all said we'd win, and we did. And Pat got it bang on with a one-nil as well. So for Chelsea, Pat's gone with a one-nil defeat because he said the last time we he uh, put us down for defeat. We got a draw against Man City. So he says, same again. Yeah. Beat us lose and get something. I've gone with a 2-1 defeat for Villa. I don't like to come on and be predicting defeats. It's the first one I've done since Man City as well. But trying to be realistic for the sake of the league table to get some points to win the bloody thing. Yeah. Um, so I do think we'll lose, but I think it'll be closer than, than some people expect. I think there'll be some kind of 4-0, 5-0 kind of predictions for Chelsea. I don't think it'll be like that. No. I think it will be a bit like the Man City game that will be in it but not necessarily do enough to get anything out of it. I wouldn't be hugely surprised if we went ahead and, and looked good and then kind of withered into our shells a bit and Chelsea came back to win 2-1, 3-1. Yeah, yeah. um, but if we score one, I don't see us scoring any more than that. So if a 1-0 or a 1-1 isn't good enough to get anything, if Chelsea score two, I think we lose. So that's, yeah. that's my kind of thinking. What do you want to go for? Do you want me to note down for so I can track it for next time? Head size 2-0 Chelsea. Uh, Villa roll over. Hart says 2-1 Villa. Well, I'll go in my head this week. I'll go in my head this week. 2-0 Chelsea. 2-0 Chelsea. Okay. So three defeats predicted from the three of us. I mean, less, the last time we did that, we got a one-all draw in Man City. So, uh, fingers crossed, we kind of jinx it in the opposite way. Uh, a few score predictions from the comments. 3-0 Chelsea, says Steve again. Just said that. I'm not quite sure it'll be as, as heavy as that. Um, sorry, guys. 4-1 Chelsea. Chelsea very Steve, confident uh, at the moment. Yeah, they've won four in a row, haven't they? They've, they've played well against the Champions League, so maybe a bit of tiredness from the travelling potentially. Again, am I clutching at straws? Yeah, I'm clutching at straws. Are. Are, yeah. uh, the one all okay. All right, there's um, a few a few different score predictions in there. Two one Chelsea. Okay, all right. Um, just to, I want to go back to it because I've mentioned it. I probably could have got away with just leaving it, but I mentioned it earlier about some of the comments I didn't like from from Gerard. So I'm going to talk about it because I said I would. Um, it was one that John tweeted that kind of raised alarm bells a little bit. That I need to find it very quickly, but I don't know whether I will. But it was like it said something about um, I believe in what I believe in, and I'm not going to change. And I thought, oh, 
that's not that wasn't the vibe a couple of weeks ago when we were when he was talking about you know I've kind of got to go back to basics and maybe maybe I've tried to move things on too quickly and we need to kind of reset. And a couple of weeks later, we've had a couple of draws, and he's going, "No, I believe in what I believe in." I kind of think, "Oh, that doesn't." I don't, quite I don't think that's right literal. Me. I don't think that it means it is in as in systems and stuff like that. I just think I'm not sure. I don't think it means that as in setups and changing the philosophy. I think I think he just he believes he's, he backs himself, doesn't he? Believes in what in what he's doing at the moment in terms of getting the group going, rallying them up, and. and Training sessions and, and and believing in he can turn it round. I don't mm. think that I don't think it means that in the sense of I'm going to stick stick and stick it's to my, my system. Way on the highway. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's mm. that. He has said he's adaptable. He's working on new systems as we've mentioned. He's putting in more hours now. He said today, and he's really working hard and desperate to turn things around. So I don't think it means it in that sense. But I, I get what you, I get what you're saying. We haven't seen any improvement, really, have we? Mm. The Leeds game was similar to the Forest game in the sense of Villa not, had nothing in attack. Um, so, yeah, it's, we've got to see something on Sunday. Mm. Yeah, we were there, so you know the, the context more than I've seen from a, a one-liner quote, but I just saw it and it, the, I found what, jo, uh, what John tweeted. The quote was, you've got to roll your sleeves up, you've got to dig in, I won't change and I'll continue, continue to believe in what I believe in. I thought, oh, that's very Steve Bruce, isn't it? You know, it's only missing you've got to roll up your socks as well and, and you know, go, run the hard yards. And I thought, oh, yeah, not quite sure on that. But we saw it against Man City, he did change the system with Ramsey playing a little bit further forward and being more compact and the, the fullback's not going on as, as high. And it worked for Man City. And then we reverted to type in the Southampton game and we looked kind of ineffective again, although we won. So I was a bit like, hmm. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm, I can see that you're willing to change it, but you change it straight back again to something that didn't work, and that's yeah. that's not great. It's a good quote here from him. We know, and I'll say it as loud as you want me to say it, that we're not firing on all cylinders. He knows. He knows it. He should know. He's not stupid. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's not. He's, he's not pulling wool over people's eyes. He, he knows Villa haven't been to the standard he requires, and he, he does see them that Leeds game especially. He's still kicking himself about that because had a big jump to go into ninth, eighth, or whatever it was, mm. and the Forest game as well. Two huge moment, two opportunities missed, and he's kicking himself. But um, it's proof in the pudding. It's all down to him. I did a piece yesterday. You know, he's, he's speaking to Carrie got body more uh, last year now. Uh, Early this, I think it was last year. He had a big remit at Rangers. If you don't hit, hit that remit, you get the sack. He's got a remit here at Villa, which asked him about the other week. Top half finish, deep in the cups. Doesn't he hit that? He's out the door, so he knows he's up against it. But he's back backing, he's backing himself. He's fighting for everything. He's desperate to succeed. So, so yeah, big week again. I keep saying big week, don't we? But three games in in uh, seven days. You can't really. It's really frustrating to come in. I think I said this. I, said, I think I said it was a big week last week going into the Leeds and Forest game. But you're coming out coming out with two draws. Should have won both and. Get nothing from it really in, in terms of in terms of clutch uh, positives and, mm. and going into into games thinking okay we're showing someone's there we scored a goal and we're looking okay and perhaps you shot ourselves in the foot but no it's nothing too much to shout about and Monday I, I was off work I watched it here it wasn't a good watch simple and if it's not a good watch but you win you kind of go oh, well exactly. that's, that's not bad and we did, but as we it was win. against Southampton yeah. 
Yeah, and as much as we talked about that being boring and, and not not sustainable in the long run, as long as you're still picking up three points, we would kind of accept that to a degree. Just very yeah. quickly, what did you make of Perslow's comments? I've not seen all of it, but the the one takeaway line that I saw was that we've been unlucky so far. Well, they're very similar to what Gerard's saying as well. To be honest, um, I know I know fans won't agree with you. I don't really agree. I think Villa should be better, be doing better. It's not just down to luck. You make your yeah. own luck. Mm. Um, but yeah, you mentioned about the two injuries as well being pivotal to, to what yeah, that's been a poor start to the season. That, it's the same lo- squad as last term. Yeah, losing Carlos and Kamara is bad luck. I'll, I'll give you that. But yeah. in terms of style of play or performances or results, I don't put that down to luck. We've just been no. rubbish. <laughs> yeah, been poor. But um, yeah, he's, he's, I think he's a throwaway line. I think the fans meeting on Tuesday. I think he was just he wasn't he wasn't addressing anything. He, I think he just spoke to. More man said in just a, in passing, and he said mm. we've been unlucky in the last two games. I think it's just the throw a throwaway line. I don't think I don't think the CEO is going to open up too much at a fans meeting anyway. So I don't I take that with a pinch of salt for me. Um, but yeah, he know he knows we should be doing better. No, those, those fan group meetings are largely about off the pitch matters. They're they're never called in in to talk about managers or systems or players well, I mean, or transfers. Yeah. It's fan-related stuff and disability seat quotas and concourse stuff and travel and transport. It's not about it's not about the football. It's, it's all the stuff. I like all um, that stuff. Though. New badges, yeah, I mean, new crest. Yeah, the new badge. We talked about this before, didn't we? When we're playing poorly, I'm not that bothered No, about what the new crest looks like because... If we if we get relegated this season, God forbid, and we change the badge in the summer, <laughs> we'll, we'll just associate with relegation. So pointless, just forget about it. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm not bothered. Win some games. Uh, Ash, thanks for your time as always, and thanks for the comments for, for getting involved and tuning in as always. We'll be back on Sunday afternoon with our post match show at five six o'clock something like that. It's a two o'clock kickoff live on Sky. So once we get back from Villa Park, uh, we'll sit down and record uh, as we'd always do. Thanks everyone for watching, like I said, and we'll see you again Sunday afternoon. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.